Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you today? I'm very well. How's your afternoon? Pretty good. Going good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't usually talk about the show on the show, but, but I think we should allow lots of time for you to talk about your main topic. All right. But we should get into this. Uh, we're pro- are we going to have time? Let's just go through this real quick. Sure. Um, did you have any update on Windows Backup? People are asking about this. If you don't, that's okay. You can, I, you, we got plenty I do. of time later. I, I do. I have a little bit. Um, oh, good, good. That's wonderful. I got a couple of... Uh, stand- last, last, week, last week, you mentioned that you wanted a way... Uh, a Mac, maybe potentially Mac-like, easy way to back up Cash's PC where he plays video games. That's right. And um, what I had been doing was using software by a company called M- 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 Macrium, hmm. uh, which has nothing to do with the Macs, uh, but it is it is cloning software. But where on the Mac we have the beautiful and simple to use apps like a carbon copy cloner or super duper which is the one i believe both of us enjoy using um but both are great apps they make it incredibly easy to clone a hard drive in its entirety and of course uh it, it, as usual as you would expect it's kind of a one-click type of operation and uh, uh super duper has a nice feature called smart update where if you've already run a backup uh let's say you ran a backup on sunday and it's the next sunday it's smart enough to look at your existing drive and look at the clone and it'll only have to copy over the files that are new or delete the files on the on the target drive that have been uh, removed on your drive or update files that have been updated. It doesn't have to go through an entire, you know, reduplication. So if you've backed up, you know, uh, a terabyte of data, let's say, it's not going to have to recopy over a terabyte. It's only going to fix what's different. Um so I wanted to find something like that on the on the PC side, and uh, Macrium is what I was kind of using, and it it kind of does this. But of course, welcome to the world of Windows and PCs, where every operation you take feels a little bit scary. Like hmm. it's very clear in uh, in something like Super Duper and uh, Carbon Copy Cloner, both. It's is very. It, is it Macrium? Just so I know, Macrium Reflect. Yes, sir. Okay, and uh, and so. It's very clear what, what's about to happen when you're doing this with something like Super Duper. It'll actually say, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to copy everything from here to here, and here's how I'm going to do it. It makes it just incredibly, wonderfully basic and straightforward. You don't get any kind of reassurance that uh, on the PC side that you're not about to like maybe copy the backup over the source drive by mistake. Now I'm smart enough to know having been a, you know, system administrator for many years in a past life. Like I know the difference between the C drive and the E drive or whatever the USB drive is mounted as, you know, like I'm smart enough to know that, but it's still like in typical windows style, it's almost like a, a glossed over detail as far as which drive it's coming from and which partition and, Anyway, that's what I've been using. So a couple really good suggestions that a few people uh, suggested, and, and I, I would like to thank uh, a JV, who knows who he is, and, uh, and Warren especially for their two suggestions. But there's another application out there that, bo- uh, that a few people recommended called, um, it's by Acronis, A-C-R-O-N-I-S, and I'm adding this to the, our show notes right now. Um, this one looks a little bit more professional. Unfortunately, there aren't a whole lot of 
like screenshots of it. And it, and I searched Google to kind of see what it was going to look like and how it actually works. Because if you go to their features page, it just lists the features. There's nothing that actually shows you what. Lots of, lots of blue and buzzwords on all yeah, of these pages. I know. I'm not a big fan of that at all. Um, and then, um, so windowsy. <laughs> yeah. And, um, JV recommended, uh, some things and also shared some of his frustration about, you know, crash plan discontinuing the consumer backups and, and things like that. But it seems like the, the, uh, the application that that's the closest to what I'm looking for, uh, without really getting a look at it is the one by Acronis. So I may take a look at that. And they also, uh, several people sent me to an article on Lifehacker going back to 2014 that talks about how it is possible to run what, what the article calls a portable version of Windows from a USB drive. Um, mm. So I put that into the show notes as well. Um, but it, it's, it's not as rough as you think it might be. Uh, it, there's even an application that's involved called Win to USB that lets you do this and there are steps that you can take to do it. So it seems like this is a nice sort of recovery uh, system, but if you haven't put Macrium reflect into the show notes, I will put it in there right now. And there is a free version of it. If people it is want to try. in there. Awesome. Your image is everything. It is. Macrium. <laughs> it really, yeah. Yeah. Macrium though, you're going to want to really look at the F's and B's. Yes. Jiminy Christmas. I know. You, see you, got, you got the V6 free version, the home edition, the workstation, the server, and the server plus. I know. I know. A lot of this is going to be self-evident. You're going to get comment backups on all of those, right? <sighs> Incremental images, you're going to want the home edition that doesn't come with the V6 free. Now, here's the deal. Password protection, not a problem on home edition. Not going to get that on V6 free. MS Exchange granular backup, you think you're going to get that on the server version? No, friend. You need the server plus. Ditto for MS SQL granular backup. Yeah. These are just things to be aware of. You know, rapid Delta restore. You, you know, see how complicated this that. As soon as you take one small step away from uh, Mac OS, this is, this is what awaits you in that but world. But isn't that what people like about Windows? I mean, isn't that, at least yeah, historically? They love it. <laughs> well, no, I just mean like it, the, one of the beefs. Once we were getting into an era where a Mac could be seen as anything like a peer right. for a PC, what a lot of people still said was, is even before the days of locking everything down on a Mac, yeah. there was still this sense of like, well, I know how I like my thing to be. Right? Oh, yes. Like people who won't write a blog entry until they've written a blog engine. Like, they love the <laughs> Windowsiness of Windows. That's part of the appeal, right? Yes, definitely yeah. is. And I, um, I think that I remember, you know, I have been an Apple user way back in Apple II days and, and loved to have uh, access to the Mac SE that was in my desktop publishing newspaper group in high school until I could afford one of my own. But when I was working in, especially early on doing, doing development and doing sysadmin stuff, you know, we, we had, we always had PCs on the desktop and we were always running NT workstation or XP um, that was, you know, for many years, that was just, that's where we were doing our development work. That's how I was running all the remote machines that we had. And, and, you know, we had tons and tons of NT servers doing the, the work in addition to the Unix stuff where it didn't matter what you connected from, as long as you would, you know, Telnet and then SSH in, it didn't matter. So having that kind of experience, I really remember having it down to a science. And I remember one thing that I did at a company, uh, I was responsible for imaging all of the client workstations. So we'd come up with like the perfect workstation image. We had software that I think was called Ghost 
uh, or something like that, where it would take the image of the computer exactly as it is, and then it would like let you, you with just a boot disk in uh, you know a three and a half inch boot disk in the client computer that would get it on the network and start format image the hard drive and everything. So as we got ten new employees on Wednesday. You know, I'd go and image 10 new machines and bring them down and one change to the image and it would update everything. It was great. Uh, so, I mean, I was I was good at that. I was good at getting everything just set, but I never had to worry about backups because everything lived up on the network drive and the network drive was backed up to tape every day, oh, you know? Right, right. So it's mm-hmm. like I never had to worry about the personal backup of my personal Windows computer. And again, like for some reason is another problem. His, his Wi-Fi has full signal. But it's really, really slow. I can take my iPhone or my Mac and take it up to his room, put it on his desk on the Wi-Fi, and I'll get you know 80 MB per second down, and his Windows machine will get 15 to 20 down. Why? Signal's hmm. the same. You know, full bars on, on the little Wi-Fi signal. Um, so I got some tips from people on Twitter. Oh, try changing the you know the channel that your uh, network is on. So you know, I'm going to experiment with things like that. But like. The easy way to do it is, well, just delete the driver and then reinstall the driver, reboot Windows and do it. Well, fine. But like that's what I would do if it was my machine. But it's my kid's machine. I don't want to do something that's going to screw it up. And that's the helplessness that one feels as a non-expert Windows user is like, and I remember being a kid and uh, or a young adult even, and, you know, my mom or old people, grown up people would be like, well, I don't want to change anything. It's all working. I don't want to change it. And I'd be like, ah, why not? Just reformat it, reinstall everything. No big deal. Oh, now I'm like, this is his machine. Like if, if, if I were to screw something up and he didn't have a network connection and he couldn't yep. play Overwatch, like I don't want to do that to him. So you'd, you'd, you'd hear about that. Yes. So it's, it's, so I'm, I'm a little bit further along in, uh, in this and I will be trying the Acronis software uh, and, and giving that a try but if anyone else has any suggestions i would love to hear them uh you can email me just dan at five by five tv or use the link on the five by five contact page so thank you to the people who did write in and suggest uh, those things i'm greatly appreciative that's a nice thing have somebody at least give you the lay of the land yes it's nice to have that out there um People had asked, and you said you would want to talk a little bit about uh, the Hackintosh project. I oh, thought yeah. it was at least a chance to mention your website and maybe give a little bit of update on what people can find there. Yes, I would uh, be happy to do that. People um, might remember a number of months back, I'm not even sure how long back, um, I talked about my little project to build, uh, in theory, that I might want to build a Hackintosh. And um, and for the people who don't know what that is, that's taking commodity PC hardware, but specific hardware that's known to be compatible with Mac OS and with a couple tricks and a little uh, dancing around and, and, and hopping from, uh, you know, one mushroom to another mushroom. You can mm. uh, you can get Mac OS running on what is essentially just commodity PC hardware and um in theory, I did that, and it's mm-hmm. been working fine. If I had done it, it would be working perfectly today, and I'd still be using it as my primary work machine, if that had happened. Mm-hmm. doesn't work for messages, though. Messages is a notoriously difficult thing to get working. It's um, notoriously hypothetical app. Yes. I mean, none of this actually happened, but when I first Mm-mm. went uh, and got the install up and running messages, I followed the little tutorial, and it worked fine. And then 
as I was writing my guide to getting this done, I started over from scratch with the machine, reformatted it, and uh, and then that time around messages did not work. And uh, any subsequent attempts that I've made to, whether starting from scratch by reformatting and rebuilding everything uh, or doing other little uh, magical incantations, nothing has made messages work. And I don't even, you know what, don't worry about it. If you know the secret answer, I don't even care. I've yeah. been living without it for so long that I'm just I'm just past it. But um, anyway, that's the one thing that seems to plague people who, in theory, try such things. As I'm told. Yeah, but they, they uh, don't have a uh, third party uh, private enclave. No, but if you go mm-hmm. to hackintoshmethod.com, I'll put that in the notes. Uh, this it's is in notes. Oh, this is a little site that I have whipped up, and uh, this tells people how they could attempt to do this and even gives the exact part specifications and recommendations that I've used that are guaranteed to work. Uh, Guaranteed? Well. Your mileage may vary. Terms and conditions apply. Yes, thank you for that. But uh, This is a pretty page. They should work. And this is uh, is everything that I know about it. And um, and you can go to hackintoshmethod.com to to see what's up. Other people have said, "What about software updates? That's no longer a problem. You can do software updates just fine." Uh, they they in my experience so far, doing it when one comes out, I run the update. It just works. Everything has been fine. Um, I think uh, I remember when I, I I'm not running High Sierra on this Mac, but I Hi am Sierra. I am running Sierra, and I did the upgrade to Sierra, and that worked just fine. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a very interesting project. Just around numbers, assuming that somebody has some ability. Like, how long – I should look at your page. You probably say, how long does it take to hack one's Tosh? I didn't, I didn't go into how long it takes. Um, I, I was more focused on the – Could you do it in a weekend? nitty-gritty. Yeah. I mean, for me uh, – and again, I'm, I'm a weirdo because I used to build PCs – for a business and then before that I built them for the company that I worked for so for me putting together a PC is a relatively straightforward process if it's your first time doing it of course it's going to take you a bit longer than it would take if you uh, if you've done it before and uh, I will say that a lot has changed since the last time that I had built a PC Uh, so there were things there was still a bit of a learning curve for me but assuming that you get all the right parts and you have them all sitting there anybody who's decent with a screwdriver um you know, you'd, you'd probably be able to build it in a, f- a few hours, one to three hours, I would think. Maybe there are people who could build it in 20 minutes. Um, but for me, it was it was a couple hours because I took my time. I read stuff and there were things I hadn't done before that I had to learn about, like attaching, you know, like I went with one of those really cool water-cooled uh, fan units where it um, it has to sort of mount to the top of the case and it as it brings the air in, it, it passes it over these little tubes that contain water wow. to cool it down. And yeah. Uh, and you know, I thought that would be kind of, it's like a, they call them like hydro series. The one I got is a Corsair hydro series, H 100 IV two liquid CPU cooler. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of other ones and you don't need that. You can just put a fan in there. It's whatever you want, but like little things like that and attaching and mounting them, um, was not something I'd done before. So I had to learn that, but you know, a few hours to do it. And then as far as the installation goes, that actually went pretty straightforward. That's only like, you know, half an hour to an hour. So for sure, you could do this in a day, in a few hours of a day or certainly over a weekend as a fun a fun weekend project. I realize we've already said that your mileage may vary in terms and conditions apply. Uh, I'm going to guess this is wrong 
potentially wrong for people in like a serious production environment who may have all kinds of concerns about compatibility. Like who is this for and not for as a project? It's not that's a wonderful question. It's not Thank you. it's not for people uh who like the Mac physical Mac aesthetic. Uh, the the lovely machines that Apple builds. It's not for those people. It's not for people who want to get a machine that if there's a problem with it, they can put it in their uh, bag and take it to the Apple store and get it fixed. It's not. <laughs> I'd love to be there for that. That I, would be I fun. Do that. I should. You do should that. do that. That would be so fun. Oh my god, I'd film it. Uh, but it, it is for people who like to, you know build things and and understand how things work it's for people who um maybe want a relatively fast powerful machine but don't have the the money maybe to get something official uh it's for people who like to tinker and you know worst case scenario it doesn't work and if you're okay with it not working uh that it's for that kind of person too it's the same you know the same kind of person who maybe would do their own oil change on their own car or um you know, try and do some kind of repair on their house before they would call someone. If if that doesn't sound like you, you definitely don't want to do this. This is for tinkerers mm-hmm. and hobbyists and and people. Uh, who, yeah, I like the idea of a hobby project. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't regret what I wanted to do. For the record, I wanted to buy a new uh, MacBook Pro. I didn't want to, and I mean, of course, I would never build a Hackintosh. But if mm. I, I didn't want to build one because, uh because I just wanted a MacBook Pro and I had the, the saved up the money and set it aside and I was ready to buy one. But I'm really I'm still not a big fan of the touch bar. I'm a nerd. I use those function keys all the time. I use the escape key. I've been using the escape key since I first started using VI back in the early 90s, 91, mm-hmm. you know, or not 89 even. I don't remember, but it, a long time ago. Um, and, uh, and, and I mean, that's, I don't want to have to change that up. And I really don't like, and so uh, I, until Apple makes a very high powered laptop that doesn't have a touch bar, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get one. I'm just not willing to spend the money on it. So this was my response to that. And yes, I'm aware that a desktop PC uh, is not the same thing as a laptop. And I'm using my old MacBook uh, laptop. I would not suggest building your own Mac laptop no. parts. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. I'd like, I'd like to see that. If you're going to do it, make it steampunk. That's my only suggestion. Mm, mm-hmm. 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 Have some unnecessary valves. Yeah, a little bit of brass. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of studs. Maybe some goggles. Put some goggles on your PC. I like it. That's a good look. You go to hackintoshmethod.com. <clears throat> Dan has a uh, a page where you can learn all about this. Done. Hmm. Done and done. There's some very important follow-up with regard to remote case for Apple TV, fourth generation, AQUOX lightweight, anti-slip shock proof silicone, <laughs> remote cover case for new Apple TV, fourth gen Siri remote controller with lanyard. Right. Color of your choice. You sent me a photograph. Looks to me like you might have bought the AQUOX. I did. And there's, a, of mm-hmm. course, there's a little post office related story kind of that goes Oh, with. hooray. Uh, but uh, yes, I bought the one that you recommended and I got it in green. And mm-hmm. it is so much better than the other one. It it fits tell, great. Tell us why. Well, it's it, a little more snug. It it's much more snug. It fits great. It does have a little uh, lip 
going around the top part. Um, yeah, you got to get used to the lip. Yeah, because that does eat into your back and forth space. A I noticed. Bit. I noticed, but it's not. You'll, you'll if you're like me, you will frequently be pausing when you mean to jump back ten seconds, that, at least for a while. Yes, yes, sir. That is exactly what happened. But it's it's lighter. That was the thing my son said. He's like, Dad, it's lighter. I'm like, I think you're right. So um, we have that, and and it's already everyone loves it. It's already better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for seven bucks, uh, it adds a lot of. It just makes it so much more enjoyable to use. It's one thing to use an iPhone, you know, with the naked robotic core, but this is a, this device is not fun to use on its own. It doesn't even feel good in your hand. No, you know, I mean, after you've had the TiVo Peanut re- remote, like everything is a step down. Obviously, yeah. including this. Yeah, there's never been another. I'm, I'm with Syracuse. So there's never been another remote like that. That that thing was just was so magic, so balanced. You know, I think they accounted for like where the batteries would be for weight and like I don't know. So this this does it gives it a shape. I'm looking at the page right now, and I won't say the name again. But uh, <laughs> one thing it does is it gives you, in addition to giving you a clear way to identify which part to grab upon, it also adds a nice kind of like. Almost like if you flipped it over, it would be almost imitating the shape of a telephone where you've got like a, if you flip it over, now you've got a forehead and a chin. So it actually has some substance to it without feeling heavy. Right. And uh, yeah. And, but do you notice how it felt a little thinner? Yes. Like a little bit more bespoke yes. with a glove? I love it. Yeah. Highly recommended Aquox. Nice upgrade. And uh, well, the little story is. Uh, oh yeah. Tell me about the post office. It was, it was uh, technically it's not. For the first time, it's not the post office. It was Amazon's own delivery service that that made this error. And um, of course, last weekend this was late. That's, that's a buck wild service. You get I you know. get a Sunday. We get Sunday deliveries. Well, you get the AMZL, which is when somebody in a green vest comes to your house. But if you get a Sunday delivery, it's totally just a random guy in a post office truck. It's so it's very weird. weird. So you had an AMZL. I yeah, I guess I don't know what I had uh, because it it was supposed to be delivered on Saturday. And Saturday came and went. And at the end of the day, I got a notification. It's like 7 p.m. that it was delivered. I thought, oh, good. Okay. So I went to the, I, I had, it was part of an order where I got three or four other things. Uh, and both it and the Percy Jackson uh, Olympian Gods book were not there. They were not in, they were not by the door. They were nowhere to be found. And I thought, okay, that's a little, that's a little weird. And it said, interestingly enough, it said uh, th- th- there was a note about the delivery that said delivered as per instructions. Hmm, as per, that sounds like lawyer ball. Yeah. I don't know why I've never seen that one before, but it wasn't hmm. there. So the next day, Sunday, I called them and, uh, and I said, Hey, you know, it says it was delivered, but it, it wasn't delivered. It's nowhere to be found. And the, the guy on the phone is like, it says as per instructions. He's like, but you have no instructions on your account for a special delivery. I said, I, I know. Mm. And I, I don't know what that means. Imagine my surprise. And uh, he said, okay, well, uh, unfortunately, I can't resend the AQUOX uh, back out to you, but I'll refund you for that. But we can send you another Percy Jackson book. I said, all right, that's that's fine. I'll that's just nice. I'll reorder it. But I was kind of bummed because I thought, well, now I won't have it in time for the show on Tuesday. You got a holiday weekend. Yeah. Uh, so then yesterday, um, 
a neighbor from across the street, uh, she came by and she was holding a package and she said, here, I wanted to give this to you. It was delivered to us. We were out of town. Otherwise, I would have given it to you sooner. But our neighbors grabbed the mail for us while we were out of town and they just gave it back to us when we got back now. And lo and behold, this is for you. And I'm so sorry. I didn't want you to think that we were holding your mail for an extended period of time. And I said, oh, no problem. And I opened it up. There is a quox. There isn't. So now we've got a second Percy Jackson book which I'm going to be donating to my son's school. Oh, that's so nice. This is what they call the oboe. It's the classic off-by-one error. Ah, this right. Is, this is very, very, very common in, in, uh, in, in the delivery world, where you just get everybody's mail or deliveries off-by-one. It's a difficult naming, naming it off-by-one, right? Yes. All right? Yes, okay. exactly. Um, my favorite new thing, because I use the app Deliveries, which makes it easy to... Uh, deliveries by JuneCloud, which is a great app, and it works on all the platforms, all the great platforms, and it syncs up. And you know, one of the marquee features is you can sort it how you want. So obviously, at least for me, obviously, I have it sorted by how soon will it be delivered. Right. And uh, I have a... I think it's an if... But I have a thing set up where when it matches certain keywords, it automatically forwards it to my address. So I get stuff automatically added in, or I'll add it by hand, whatever. But uh, my, my favorite uh, anomaly in the USPS universe right now, amongst many that I've enjoyed for many, many years, my current favorite is this, where uh, I'm tracking the Amazon delivery, and it says, uh, you know, uh, this, this music book for your kid's new instrument will be delivered in three days. It's going to be delivered in two days. It's going to be delivered in a day. And then I notice it disappears out of the, out of the stack. <laughs> okay, and, and that's because it's gotten it's gotten uh, my favorite uh, current favorite USPS classification, which is uh, delivery date unknown. Oh, I hate that. You ever get delivery? Yes, date? So, it's but, the worst. But delivery date unknown <laughs> is pretty. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of wackadoo. Given that they are the according to Hoyle Company for delivering things, but it's even it's even more fun though when you had a delivery date. And now you got to ask yourself, like, uh, what am I in the Matrix? All of a sudden, all the other ones didn't count. So you know, up until a few minutes ago, uh, my child's music book was uh, delivery date unknown. It was supposed to arrive last night, then it became unknown, and, and now it just went to out for delivery. So Hakuna Matata is all I can say about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what a mess. What a freaking mess. We got a big topic this week and I have two questions from listeners I'd love to answer. So perhaps you should tell me about something that you like. I would like to tell you about Casper. It's a sleep brand. Oh, that that is a sleep surface. My friend It is a sleep surface. It's a full on surface. Mm. Obsessively engineered. Yes. Mm. How did they I, do that? I was, size I was box. on one. I was on one until minutes ago. Really? Minutes ago, Dan? Oh, you kidding me? I don't just sleep on it. I live on it. I live on my Casper. You do. Mm-hmm. They can just run with that. Tell me about the Casper sleep surface. It is. Uh, they have come in and they revolutionized the mattress industry. They cut the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms, and they pass it on to us, the consumers, so that we can get these really great, super comfortable mattresses or sleep surfaces, mm. as as they call them. Mm-hmm. great design they come in this small little box You're like how did they fit a mattress in there boom you open it up thing uh takes shape and you put that thing right on uh on on lay down on that thing and, and you're sleeping that's all i gotta mm-hmm. say about that it's uh if you you know what if you if you don't want to sleep i can't help you if you want to sleep you need to get a cast it's true that's just how that works it's a breathable design it sleeps mm-hmm. cool so that uh you can regulate your temperature at night it combines supportive memory foams for a sleep surface that has just the right sink, just the right balance. You've heard that before, but it's true. You've got to try it. 
You've got to try it. And you can try it. You can try it for 100 nights. And if at any point during that 100-night trial you don't love it, they will pick it up and they will refund you everything because they understand the importance of not just laying on something uh, in, in a showroom for five minutes and saying, yes, I'm going to spend a ton of money and, uh, and I know that this thing will be right. I actually, um, my mom was uh, looking at getting a, a mattress. Of course, I told her about Casper. And it's one of those things that she, she's like, well, how, can they, how can they send it out to you? And then if you don't like it, they just take it. I'm like, that's how it works. You get 100 nights. Like, this is really a wonderful experience. And, uh, and I've, I've had one of these things for a while. I know you love these things. They're, they're really wonderful. And uh, you can go and try it out for yourself. They're going to give you $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash it's your show and use the code it's your show when you're signing up $50 toward any mattress purchase terms and conditions apply. So uh, that's the deal. It's a wonderful. It is a wonderful mattress. Oh, I love mine. I got one for my kid. She loves it. Uh, it. It's a, it's a, I like what they're doing. I like their sleep surface. Thanks, Casper. Thank buck, you. Buck. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking of. That was maybe the best email response I've ever seen in well, my whole need, life. Well, you don't, you don't need to mention it. I, I'm mentioning it because I applauded. I actually applauded you when I read that hmm. response. I, it yeah. was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually indulge myself. I know. It was so, you had to. Yeah. Um, I love listening to you and Merlin discuss topics. However, <laughs> I feel the same frustration every time Merlin says, bok, bok, after a commercial. <sighs> Since I use Overcast to listen, <sighs> I use the 30-second skip forward several times. Every time a commercial begins to avoid that frustration, I feel guilty about skipping the commercial and miss the beginning of the next topic, but that is a lesser frustration. Sincerely, listener. To which I responded, two words. (laughs) Bok, bok. (laughs) So good. Thank you, listener. So good. Uh, What were Uh, some other good ones here? Um, uh, Can you please do something about all the snicks? Oh, yeah. Lip smacking or whatever it is, annoying to the point of being distracted. That's not a complaint that I have heard about this show before. I've heard all the complaints, Dan. File a bug. Whatever's in the show is in the show. That's what I have to say about that. You know, some people mix differently. When I, when I do shows with Jason Snell, I have a lot of mouth sounds I don't usually have. I think he's using some kind of smackinator uh, for, uh, for logic. Oh, really? Pop, pop some smacks. <laughs> <laughs> we got so much good email this week. Uh, we don't have time to go into this today. I would like to return to this from a listener. Uh, I'll just give you a taste here. Hi, guys. Long-time listener. I operate a marijuana delivery service. <laughs> Had a good laugh at the past episode with Merlin talking about popcorn butts pricing. <laughs> uh, I think it was popcorn nugs. Yeah. But the concept is even stranger than the term. And he goes on. Should I just go ahead and do this while we're here? Yeah. Popcorn buds are smaller marijuana buds around the size of a popcorn or a popcorn or a little smaller, bigger, hence the term. These buds are just as good for consumption quality-wise as the larger buds. And just like the larger buds, you're just going to have to break them uh, apart anyway to put them in your smoking vaping device of choice. Gotta have my vape. But for some reason, (laughs) marijuana consumers prefer buying larger buds. So delivery services often sell the larger buds first and then sell these smaller buds at reduced prices to get rid of them since fewer people want them. 
jumping down to the end. The moral of the story is that marijuana enthusiasts are a weird bunch, as if I needed to tell you that. <laughs> Thank you to listener uh, name withheld. <sighs> nice. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? We got a big topic this week. I got some listener stuff, but uh, I th- I feel like digga 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 main topic. I feel like this arrived via Twitter. You had a question from a. Uh, from a listener via Twitter that, wanting you to remark about something. Yeah, I got... Um, and you were excited. You were excited. You, I, you, were, you were uncharacteristically super excited to discuss this. Yes. Uh, the, we're talking about the Nintendo Switch. Right? That's the, that's the thing. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of on, on a kind of on a whim decided that Labor Day weekend would be the right time to pick up a Nintendo Switch for my family are they now mostly available well it it's hit or miss depending on your area most of them online you you can't really get them online very easily i know some people have but uh the the a lot of them are are expensive so it's supposed to sell for 299 that is the current Mm -hmm. price uh retail price for them but a lot of the time you'll see especially like on amazon you'll see them up in the upper 300 range 360 yeah a lot of places yeah yeah yeah. and and those are all frequently third party so like you might have just gotten one in your local store and then decided to sell it on amazon new but you're selling it essentially to make make a few bucks they're hard to find the um game is a game stop or game spot yeah it's game stop Mm -hmm. i always get those two confused uh, but they got you, a lot for three fifty nine. It looks like yeah the the ones that gave, I'm looking at uh, stockinformer dot com. So your mileage may vary, but there are these sites that that I don't know how they do it, but they they track availability of various consumer electronics. Right, right, and as some of the ones that are three fifty nine come with a cartridge, and in if that's the case, uh, if that's okay. the case, that's actually perfectly fine because the cartridges are our games are fifty nine bucks typically anyway. They're chimney. Really, yeah, that's kind of costly. Isn't yeah, it? we'll get to that too. Um, okay. But. Uh, there's nothing wrong with buying one of those. So if you can, uh, if you can pick up one of those with the, with the game that you want, by all means, you should get that. But I was able to find um, the the Game Stops here in Austin. There's a couple out in Northwest Austin that um, one of them had been sold out for a long time. And just on a whim, I called the other one and I said, "And you guys have them?" And he says, "Yeah, we got a couple uh, still." He's like, "We got them in Monday, and it's." Wednesday and there's they have a thing you can do on their website that lets you you basically go in and and uh, you don't have to put a deposit down but you can put in a hold request and they'll they'll hold it for you. Uh, make sure you turn off Ghostery if you're doing that because it won't work unless you do. And then uh, I so I said you know what what the heck I'll just I'll I'll do it. And the reason that prompted me to do this is I've been noticing that as I'm sure many other parents in the audience have found, is that if your kids play video games on their iPad or if they play them especially on their computer, that they're sort of sucked into their own independent silo and you kind of lose your child for a period little, of little time. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, I, I, I would like to play games with my kids and I would like my kids to play games with each other. And I don't mind them having screen time. I don't mind them playing video games, but let's get them out of just these little silos that they're going into. And I, of course, had heard a lot of mixed reviews about the Nintendo switch myself. I'd heard, you know, there were, there was that whole thing of people like they, I don't know if they were being bricked in the beginning or what was going on. There were problems, but it seemed like those had worked themselves out. And I thought now might be an okay time to buy something 
like this. And for the record, we have an old Xbox that we never use. We have a PS4 that I think, you know, we've played um, a few games on a few times. And it was a, um, you know, there's, uh, that was a mistake. That was an er erroneous purchase. I should not have gotten that. Um, And the biggest issue was, you know, my, my son, he's nine and he likes to play games that, you know, he, he loves uh, Minecraft and things like that, but he likes the games where you run around and shoot things and, yeah, and shoot 'em ups. Yeah, yeah. And, and my little girl, she doesn't really like that kind of game. And a lot of the games that we found for the PS4, they're just not right for a six-year-old. And, and many of them, I would say, are not right for a nine-year-old either. But there are good games. And here come the emails from people saying, well, you could have got this game. But I know that Nintendo, traditionally, and I've had almost every Nintendo console that, that's ever come out, um, and I, I haven't... I've only had one PlayStation ever, which is the PS4, and I've had some Xboxes, and of course, all the way back, you know, I had um, had the Atari and the ColecoVision, but once Nintendo came out and Super Nintendo, I had all those. And so I had confidence that Nintendo was doing something good here, and I loved the idea of having something that's both a mobile device with the built-in screen and the controllers built in, and also something you can just connect to your TV and play on the TV if you wanted to also. I really like that, especially it's good for trips and traveling and the times when someone might want to watch TV and someone else might want to play a game. This answers that problem. And many, if not most of the games are multiplayer games too. Uh, of course, I'm thinking especially about Mario Kart, um, which is in technically speaking, Mario Kart Deluxe 8 uh, or Deluxe Mario Kart 8. It's the eighth one. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that game... I remember playing that back in like college time and just loving that game and loving the multiplayer aspect to it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'll try one of these things. I'll just see what it's all about. So I have to tell you, it's a wonderful machine. Knock on wood. I haven't had any trouble at all with the, the problems that people have had with it. Everything has just worked really, really well so far. Again, Nintendo really does get how to build something uh, that's, you know, it's not as rugged as like the Game Boy where you could just drop that thing or throw it around the room and it would be fine. I mean, obviously, it's, it's something that's expensive. It's got a, a screen on it. And there are lots of little little things I can get to, little niggles and complaints and things that I have about it. But I'd like to give the overall impression from it, if I may, first. And then get into the, the nitty gritty. Yeah, by all it. means. Well, first of all, I'm glad to hear that it's uh, as cool as it sounds. It is that's, cool. It's, it's, it's om- nice. Sometimes you get sometimes you get lucky. Yeah. Sometimes you you get a good experience. My experience with the PS4 was not very good. My experience with the Xbox has been hit or miss. Um, my kids detested the Wii U and uh, didn't like the really? Wii. Yes, and didn't huh, like the. That's interesting. They didn't like the Wii very much either. Um, so I wasn't, you know, I, I but I. I had faith in Nintendo. Nintendo has provided me with tons and tons and tons of great, probably my favorite gaming experiences in my life, other than, you know, arcade games when I was a young teen. And I really thought this, this, they might be on to something here. And so the way that I introduced it, first I got it and, um, and I, I got it during lunchtime on, I think it was uh, Thursday or Friday last week. And so I took it to work and set it all up there so that I would get, familiar with it without you know the uh the the vultures lurking around over me and 
I was able to get a good feel for it, and it it seemed like a wonderful game. I played Mario and some, uh, you know, got familiar with the system and how it works, and it's like, okay, you know, I think this this could be it. Now, it comes with the controller that comes with it is called a, a Joy Con, Con short for controller, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting system for people. I'm sure they've all seen this, but the uh, they, the two controllers plug into the left and right sides of the unit, which is just a little uh, little screen. And they connect on the left and the right-hand side of that so that you can hold the unit in your hands, uh, left and right hands together, and it has a natural feel and you can play it. So in, in a way, that's kind of like the Wii U's uh, controller, that, that the big controller. So that was fine, and I played it like that. But you can also detach those two controllers. You can set the... Um, the main console, the switch itself, you can set it has a little foot that pops out of the back that feels very fragile. Uh, and you pop that out and prop it up on your desk. And then you can play uh, by holding the controller. You can hand one of the controllers to a friend and they can play both at the same time so that you have essentially the left side of the controller rotates horizontally. And now it is a, um, a, regular controller instead of being half of a bigger controller or you can put both of the controllers into uh, a they call it a grip that essentially turns it into like an xbox or playstation sized controller with the two thumbsticks on it um and uh and and that lets you play using a regular controller while the switch itself is either using its screen or docked which is the other thing it comes with a dock and the dock connects to your tv with an hmi controller and to power and that lets you just drop it into the dock and then it instantaneously goes up to the TV, even mid-game. And all of this, of course, this is why it's called a switch, because you can switch it up, you can change it, you can change how it works. Now, at first, I was very skeptical of this because I figured they had obviously made it work, but how clunky would it be? How, how good would it actually be switching things around like this? And, and would you just wind up using it as a as a base anyway, or would you really take it out? I wasn't sure about any of that. So I was, um, again, very, very uh, optimistic, but skeptical at the same time as to how this would work. It works great in my experience. It's really, really cool. The little screen that it has is just big enough to be okay. It's not too small. It's not too big. Uh, But when you connect it to your TV, it's, brilliant and it's beautiful and yeah it doesn't have anywhere near the kind of graphics capabilities that some of the newer machines newer consoles coming out with have but that again with nintendo those are details that never seem to matter the graphics are crisp and bright and fun and playful and it looks wonderful on your tv and uh it's just a it as you would expect with with nintendo things just work and they look really really pretty and fun and the games for the most part are fun and yeah i think they're a bit more kid oriented in general but there are there are a lot of great games out there and more coming out and uh so i was very pleased with this so i thought okay this is good enough i'll bring this home now the one first complaint that adults have and that a number of people on twitter um asked me about or commented on and they said you know what what if you're like a full-sized human being an adult if you will uh how is it to use those tiny little half controllers because the joy cons split up and then you have and and they're very i will say this they're very small um they're not uncomfortably small i don't have like giant hands i think i have probably average sized hands they're borderline uncomfortable um but there are solutions to that and i'll tell you about them later if we get to it Mm -hmm. but uh 
it's totally doable. Now for my kids, for my six-year-old daughter, it's perfect. And for my nine-year-old son, it's a small controller, but he has not had anything negative to say about it. Um, they, again, can fit into a single grip that takes those two controllers and, and puts them back into one controller and lets you hold it like a regular style PlayStation Xbox full-size controller. You can also play it if you're playing a one-player game uh, or a multiplayer game that, that on online or something where it's just you using it. They fit perfectly into the side, and, and that's a nice form factor. The trouble is, if you're an adult playing with that little controller for an extended period of time, like more than 20, 30 minutes, you do start to feel like you just want more space. It doesn't, it, it, it's super small. So the answer to that is you can buy a controller that is a full-size controller for, I think, 69 bucks, not cheap. Or you can buy another set of Joy-Cons, which you can then put into a grip. Uh, now you're talking about $79. And if you want the grip to be able to charge that second set of Joy-Cons so that you don't need to plug them into the base switch to do it, uh, now you're talking another $29. So a lot of cha-ching going well, really on. really starts to add up. It really does. And then take into, the, into consideration that most of the games are, um, are 59 bucks. Cha-ching, it's not wow. cheap. And uh, it, that was the one thing that just, you know, you start out with a, a, a $299 unit. Now, if it's just you, if it's like you, you want this then that's fine. You're fine. You're set with just that. But if you have like a household of four people and you all want, you want mom, dad, and the kids and or a friend to be able to play Mario Kart at the same time, you can do that. And you get a really great, they, they have made the split screen experience, even on the small screen uh, of just the Switch itself. It's really fun to play uh, Mario Kart with, you know, two, three, four people all at the same time. It's not distracting. They've, they've got that down. It's, it's great. It's great fun. We played that for hours over the weekend. And I can tell you in, you know, in just this weekend of having it, they played together. Like my kids, all they do, Merlin, all they do is antagonize each other. That's mm. all they ever do from well, morning fun. to night. They're just, they love each other. But they know how mm. to press each other's buttons just like you wouldn't believe, brothers and I, sisters. I don't think I'd care for that. Yeah. So I was really worried, like, are they going to be able to play together? They play together great. They play collaborative games together. They have great fun together. It's like it, I, I remember saying to my wife after watching them play for a few hours, I'm like, there hasn't been any fighting there hasn't been any yelling. There's just laughing. They're just having fun. So at first, I, I wanted to introduce this and make it as magical as possible, you know, because that's what we're supposed to do as parents. So mm-hmm. I had them just playing it on the little the little screen. I said, you know what else, guys? I said, this also connects to the TV. And they're like, well, I, I don't know if you should connect, Dad. You don't connect it to the TV. This is fun. I don't want to, like, change it. I'm like, okay, well, why don't we just see how it looks? Why don't we just, you know, check it out, see how it looks? I'm like, well, I just can you put it back if we don't like it? I'm like, sure. So all you have to do to connect it to the TV is you just drop it in the dock, and it instantaneously is on the TV, uh, even mid-game if you want it to be. Like, there's nothing you have to do. There's no configuring wow, of settings. You don't amazing. have to adjust resolution. It just, and I put it on there, and they cheered when I did it. There was like, they actually just cheered and loved it. And they're like, "You're the best dad ever." 
We love you so much. Thank you so much for getting the... And they only call it the Nintendo Switch. They won't call it the Switch. It's the mm. Nintendo's... Thank you, Dad, for getting us the Nintendo Switch. Um, they love it on the TV. So... Long, what a win. Yes. Uh, and I'm... Uh, I'm sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop in a way. I'm waiting for there to be like catastrophic failure of something or something terrible happens. But so far, so good. They're both having a great time with it. Um, one comment I will make about um, the controllers is there is some degree of motion sensing in it. Um, not quite like the Wii where it, you could point it at the screen and it knew where you were pointing. But using it more like a uh, a steering wheel. So my little girl, she doesn't use the little joystick uh, thumbstick to steer. She just steers by just moving the controller left and right like we would with a steering wheel. She did that by herself. I didn't have to tell her to do it. It just worked. My son, of course, he uses this, the stick. But it's however you want it. You know, little details like that that Nintendo knows. They know how to make a good game. And, uh, and, and, and the games are great. So I don't know if you have questions, but a lot of people on Twitter... I tweeted that I would be talking to you about it, and so I, I lots gotta, of people, lots of people responded. Yes, yeah, so I, however, you want to pick do out this. a few you like. All right, um, one of them, which is uh, I think also a um, a great question, is uh, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name, so I apologize. Guillaume, 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 Guillaume. That's French for it's French for William, I believe. William, Will, William. Uh, <laughs> says, are you planning to buy digital or hard copies of your games? Now, uh, this is a wonderful question because like many of the modern consoles, you can go out and buy the physical copy, which are these, they basically look like a SIM card. They're really tiny little cartridges. Uh, they're, it's silly to even call it a cartridge. I mean, it, it just feels, feels like you're putting a SIM card in a, in a camera. Uh, they're super small. I wish they were bigger. Uh, but you can buy those or for the same money, you can buy the online games. You can you can go to a GameStop and buy a piece of plastic that they then turn into a uh, a number that you can enter in, like the same way redeeming something in the iTunes store, you basically redeem it. Or you can buy it on the Nintendo store right on the Switch itself. And um, they have a wonderful, you know, the Switch, of course, has a touch screen, so you can type right on the screen. Um, but you could you could buy them on there. Now, the reason why I generally buy the hard copies of the games, the cartridges, if you will, is because uh, in my experience, after a long enough period of time, you get bored of a game and you might not want to play it anymore. Well, you can take those cartridges and you can sell them on eBay or you can take them to the, the GameStop or wherever and they'll give you some money back for it. So you might not get your 59 bucks back, but you might get 10, you might get 20. Yeah. Um, so whereas if it's a software download, uh, guess what? You can't do anything about it the second reason is that um if if and when there comes a time when i get a second one of these if it's um i i wasn't sure if you could re-download it on the game onto another switch right. or not but if you have a physical uh physical media you can just put it in and play it so with that in mind i thought i'll just i'll go and buy most of them uh hard copy version so that's that's what i am doing and the games that i got uh, of course, I got Mario Kart. Um, I got another one that's called um, Splatoon Two. Yeah, I hear good things about that. And then P- people love that game. Yes, and then there's uh, Mario and the Rabbids, uh, which is uh, another game. And then there's one called Snipper Clips. Hmm. Uh, and Snipper Clips it was was only twenty dollars, and it's a very I've never seen a game like this before. 
A few people on Twitter recommended this to me. I'm so glad they did. It's absolutely a wonderful collaborative teamwork game. It's designed for two people. And uh, what you do is you have a a little, I, don't know, I, I guess it's kind of like a filled in U. I don't know what, what you would describe that shape as. It's, it's almost like half of an oval in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's got a little face on it. It's got little feet. And you run, you run it around, and what's neat about it is you, you can stand over the, your friend's uh, avatar person, creature, and you can clip them into a different shape. So you can take out a wedge, you can cut off the top, you can make them into a, a, uh, a poker. You can do anything by just sort of bisecting the shape of it, almost like a Venn diagram. And you can also rotate the body to make different shapes possible. So, for example, in one of the, the, the puzzles that you might want to solve, you might have to move a bowling ball from one side of the screen up to another and then get it to go down a little pipe. And in order to do that, you have to, one of you has to have a, a, a shape for that bowling ball to fit into. So, you would rotate to the right, the other guy rotates to the left and clips off the flat part of the bottom of your avatar and makes it into like a cup. And then he goes underneath where the bowling ball drops out of and the other one who you've cut into the shape of a little poker has to go and run and poke a little button that's in a tube and make the thing fall down and then you get to work together to carry the ball across. And it's, it sounds boring, but it's really, really fun. And but it's, is it good for the mechanics of that uh, device? Very good for it. And it's, it, it is, you know, exactly the, my daughter who's six, she's, you know, she loves this game and, um, and just has a great amount of fun with it. And it's the kind of thing where like the two kids can play together. You can play with your kid. It's, it, it's really just a whole lot of fun. And that was, um, that was a surprise buy. I just kind of got that because a couple people said, oh, you got to get this one. And I said, well, it looks kind of weird, but I got it anyway, and it's, it's just been a great, great deal of fun. I have not, did not get Zelda Breath of the Wild yet. And the reason I didn't get that is because it is a, a single-player game, and in fact, there's only one save file, so that it's designed to be played like by one person through the whole adventure on their own. And I thought, I maybe we'll get that down the road, but right now I'm really trying right, to that's, focus. That's not the pattern you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, not right now, not yet. So uh, although I understand that game is amazing and beautiful and everything else, uh, I'm, I'm holding off on that one for a time. And for the record, I've never played a Zelda game in my life. So hmm. um, I, People I, love that Zelda. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's the little green boy's name, Zelda. Right. I have a Karma Suck question for you. Um, the thing that always hangs me up, because I'm new to all of this stuff, every time I've got a new console, it feels like it's the first time I've ever used any of them. Mm-hmm. I, I always hang up on various things having to do with the online component or the the logging in or the account stuff, yeah. or, you, you, let alone the like, oh, God, she's been playing on my person, so now it's not my person anymore. Right. Um, how has the how important is the online component and how does it feel with this device were you able to use old logins and they work fine like what was your general impression of the setup and implementation of um account stuff wonderful question and you're right that has been such a frustration in in the past and it's a frustration for our ios devices in the house too you know like everything is is weird well nintendo handles this really well because Unlike some of the other systems, this is really designed for kids. Now, we did not have any Nintendo accounts. At least, I think I had one with the Wii at some point because I bought some game at one point. But I didn't know what that was. 
I started from scratch. What's nice about this is as the parent, you can go in and create your Nintendo account, which is free. You just go in and make one. And then you can create accounts for your kids that are sort of sub accounts off of your main account. Now, I didn't even know this until I tried to create one for my kid and I put in uh, their birthday and it's like, you need to have an adult create the account for you. Click here as an adult. And it just took me to my own account. And there was a page that says, create an account for your child. So you can go in and create those accounts for your kids right there. Now, those accounts are separate from the accounts uh, that are on the actual Switch itself. And it's really cool the way they let you do that is you, you can create each user of the Switch can create their own accounts. And apparently, and maybe this controverts the uh, Zelda issue of only having one save file. I don't know. But each of these different accounts when you go in to play a game, you pick who you're playing as, and then all of the achievements and such goes under that person's account. And you can oh, you can nice. make you can make a me as your avatar, or you can use any one of the Nintendo characters like Mario or Donkey Kong or you know um, and any. And there's tons of them. I don't even know what all of them are. You can just pick one of those as your avatar, so that when you're playing, it'll say who's playing. I mean, you start a game. Who's playing? Oh, it's me. And you, you pick the avatar and then you go in and there you're. <laughs> it's accounts. me, Dan. <laughs> it's a me. And, uh, and so one of the fun things about that is you can then link that to that Nintendo account that you created. And then it, without a Nintendo account linked to that individual Switch account, you can't do online playing. But there are really good parental controls that let you set what your kids can do in those sub accounts that you've made, whether they can buy things or not, whether they have to enter their password word or not all, all these different things are are customizable and um of course you know playing online especially with uh splatoon 2 that's that's how it's played it is like a an online game where you're running around and and it's it's a combat game but instead of shooting and killing people you are trying you are on a team competing against another team and your goal is to uh hence the word splatter splatoon you are trying to paint more of the map with this sort of colorful paint goo than the other team is capable of doing. And you get to customize your little guy that you're playing with and you get to, you know, have uh, get different weapons. Are you using a gun? Are you using a giant paint roller? Are you using a bucket? It's uh, it's great fun. And, um, and so that's, you know, that of course is you can customize it and then another person goes in and plays it and they come in on their account and it's, it's all, it's their customization. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And that's kind of how they've handled it. It's, you know, there are still extra steps involved in that you've got to go and create that account and then create the sub accounts. But once you've done that, and then it's very easy to connect the online account to, um, to the individual user account and you're, you're good to go. That's good to hear. I feel like every time we turn on, we have a Wii U and a PlayStation 4, yeah. and we don't use them very much. When we do, especially with the PlayStation, I just feel like it's nothing but disappointment. It's very disappointed in me. Because the first thing is, you didn't shut this down right. You know you didn't oh, shut this down right. I, yeah. I didn't shut anything down. It's just that every single time <laughs> I turn it on, it says that. I always hit the wrong button. It makes the disc fly out. I'm like, ah, I don't know how to use the thing. And then it starts, and then it starts bugging me about like the updates that are needed. And then like the only game we played with any regularity on the PlayStation 4 really was the Disney Infinity game. Mm-hmm. And it was just, we used, we just played it in like the toy box mode. We just walked around and just did stuff and rode yeah. around in cars. And it's constantly bugging me for like, now you, do you want this other kind of Disney account? And it's like, 
Ugh, it's when I first got that thing, poor John Syracuse, like spent some of his Christmas vacation, like just walking me through what I needed to do to make the thing. Work. Oh man. <laughs> Cause apparently I don't have Google, but I guess, you know, for normal people, that's normal, but, uh, Oh yeah. So there's there's a lot like of this. this is, is the one thing you have to be careful about is yeah. popping the cartridge out without first closing the game that's running. So if you're, if you've got Mario Kart in there and you want to, pop that out and play splatoon you have to uh, close and that's just that just involves hitting the down button and it'll say do you want to close this and you say yes and then you can pop it out if you don't do that it just says you should really close these games before you put the other one in uh, nothing bad seems to have happened but that's the only thing close to that share that same exact experience i've had with that you're describing a million times on the ps4 Sounds like a positive experience. So recommended thumbs up. I say a big a big thumbs up. Um, I really love it. I saw a guy on, on on a trip I took not too long ago. There was a guy in the seat next to me on the plane. He was playing Minecraft on his for like you know most of the trip, and that I think is what sort of planted the seed because it was the first time that I got to kind of observe someone who wasn't just a kid in a Target, you know, using it. Sure. Um, and uh, and it was it was impressive, and so I think that there's um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of potential. I read that uh, I'm you know I'm a football guy. There there's I read that Madden is not coming out for it, which I think hmm. is is dumb. But um, we will see what the what the sports games are that that come out for it. But um, Ryan Bloom Bloom asked he says what is the preferred controller configuration for a human adult with human adult sized hands uh i really recommend getting uh using that grip uh as they call it the uh which lets you put the two little controllers into a standard size grip i actually again cha-ching i wound up and got a second joy con and a charging grip so that i could play more comfortably when it was just the two of us but the benefit of that is because it's a Joy-Con controller uh, that gave us two more controllers and that's what lets all of us uh, and any friends that come over that want to play we can all play four people at the same time so it's again it's not cheap but you um, you wind up uh, being able to, to do a lot with this little console and I just I'm, I really like it I'm really really surprised how much i like it and i think my kids really love it and yeah i I would say uh a thumbs up and i'll I'll put some links into the show notes for places to that you know i got everything but the console i got on amazon but i'll put in links to everything that that i have the amazon uh selection is weird and sketchy and is very heavy on the third party the kind of places where, like, you buy, let's say, a Dark Phoenix doll, and it turns out it's used and kind of beat up in a beat-up box, it feels like that kind of market. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely an Amazon marketplace-type situation for most of these that are available. Definitely. You know um, what I'm saying? Is that, make, is that making any sense? No, it is. And I, I, don't, I think it's just because their supply chain has got to be limited yeah, it's, it's, right it's now. The and, eBay, it's the eBay-type right, situation. Right. Also, while I was in the GameStop, I got a, a little pig butt. Hmm. And I didn't know if you had a pig butt. I don't think I do. You need to get one of these things. There, it's changed my whole game. Okay, I'll bite. What's the pig butt? I'll oh, I'll send you a link. Hold on. Um, a pig butt is a. It is the the butt of a pig. I'm trying to there. I'm clicking. I'm typing. I'm pasting. 
There. There's a link for you in the Skype. Uh, This is a little pig that instead of a head, it has a suction cup. Oh, that's really disturbing. Uh, Oh, it's cute. It's cute and disturbing. And you smack the suction cup onto the back of your iPhone or whatever phone you have. And it props up the phone at a viewing angle. If you want the angle to be lower, you smack it to a different part of the, the phone and the angle's lower. You want it to be higher, you suction cup it to the oh, lower part. Oh, that's very, very clever. $9, nine ninety nine. that's no, a good deal. don't spend nine ninety nine. I spent no. $1.50. I think that you can even Ooh. get these in Walgreens, but I got mine at GameStop and I got it and my wife and son were both like, did you get me one? I said, no. They're like, well, we need to get those too. So we had to go back to the GameStop and get two more I, of them. I, I get that five times a day, and I'm tired of that. Sometimes dad just gets a thing you don't. That should, that should be a rule. <laughs> but don't buy, don't buy them from Amazon because it's not worth $10. It is worth $1.50. Uh, I, saw, I saw a video about how you can make your own uh, fidget spinner. It's the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what, how does it work? My daughter is utterly addicted to this terrible, terrible YouTube channel called, I think it's 5-Minute Life Hacks. And it's just endless videos of people playing ukuleles while they make stuff out of plastic bottles with very sharp knives. It's the worst. Oh. It's the worst. But this one particular one is the bottom of the barrel. They show you how to take a Coke can and make it into a way to warm up half of a hot dog bun. Um, <laughs> they show you how to make that into a piggy bank. And then they show you how to make like four different kinds of fidget spinners. And all it, it's really, really very simple. All it requires is very sharp knives, uh, a, wow. a, a drill, uh, uh, some saws, some large pieces of plastic. To make fidget spinners. Yeah. You can do that. I don't know if you can make your own pig. I don't know if that's advisable. Yeah. Well, anyway, this, this pig, uh, highly recommended. This would be the uh, Piggy, the original Piggy cell phone stand, six-pack iPhone 6, Samsung Galaxy S5, traveling cell phone stand, cell phone holder, cell phone accessory, piggyback. That's the one. Oh, it's a six-pack. It's a six-pack. Oh, that's a six-pack? That's pretty good deal. Oh, well, then in that, in that case, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Add it to notes. Well, thank you for your report on the Nintendo uh, Switch. This sure. sounds like a good device. Why don't we do a? Um, we'll circle back on this in a few weeks and hear how it's uh, how it's yeah, going. Yeah, I would love to hear do what that. kind of unexpected drama has arisen in your house. Right. No, you, you do. Never know. You all. One more thing you need is the. Um, I got the Amfilm tempered glass screen protector for Nintendo mm. Switch 2017 two pack. Oh, nice. Because I again I read and this is anecdotal mm-hmm. that. Um, well, if if the switch is put into the dock, the TV dock, if it's put in carelessly or in anger, that it can mm. get scratched. And I thought, well, both of my kids are careless and angry sometimes. So, yeah. uh, I so this is the same kind of deal that you might have seen for, um, you know, for like a cell phone where you can put like a little screen cover over it. Sure. So yeah. I went and got one of those and this one came with wonderful instructions. It was very easy to install. It gives you little wipes and dry cloths to make sure that there's no dust on it and everything else. And it was eight bucks and there's two in there. So mm, that was, I the, love the cheapies. That was a cheapie. Very satisfying. Yeah. That's all I've got. Um, well, thank you, Dan. If people wanted to find show notes for episode Diggity 340 of your Back to Work program, where would they go for that? 5by5.tv slash B as in brethren, 2 as in the number, W as in switch, slash switch. 340. 340. We got a, a couple good questions from listeners, but why don't you tell me about one more thing that you like? Oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Thank you. I would like thank to. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. There's so many things you like. You have such good taste in these things. Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon. 
Speaking of oh good my god, taste, this is the first day. This is the first day that we've done this bit that I'm not wearing a Mac Weldon just because it's hot out. I got a fantastic. I got one of my five Fantastic Four shirts on. Okay, um, but but ordinarily every day, boom, Mac Weldon. I don't leave the house without it. You're not wearing but, the uh, silver underwear. I'm not wearing the silver underwear. I, I you know my favorite is the Pima Cotton tee, of which I own just way too many. Yeah. I love. See, there's plenty of people, a lot of podcasters out there, they're going to talk about the underpants. And you should talk about the underpants. I'm just, uh, let me tell you, don't stop, okay, at the underpants. Push through. Push through to the shirts. Push through to the socks. Push through to the other shirts. There's so much good stuff out there. Tell me about the, uh, the uh, underpants. The un- well, the underpants, they have, uh, they have silver in them. Actual, real silver. It is, uh, is I, mean, I guess for an, the antimicrobial properties mm. of it, yes, and it's it's woven through little fibers of silver, woven through inside through the underwear. But they also do that in some of their shirts too. But what that means is that they're going to eliminate odor. And let's be honest, you might have a little bit of odor sometimes. Yeah, other people notice. Other people notice. That's right. And so what this does is it helps get rid of that. But it you don't notice it. You don't know. It's not. It doesn't feel like you're wearing chainmail. This is something that was confusing to me when John Roderick was always going on about a silver underpants. Yeah. See, I imagined that it was like not chainmail, but that there would be glistening silver threads that sure. would be visible. Yeah. But that's not the case, right? No. Okay. Nothing. There's like no visible that. silver. No. Mm-hmm. No, no. I think that's important. I mean, they're always talking about the silver. I think you need to tell the listeners that, that you're not going to get scratched by silver. No, you don't get scratched. Nobody wants underpants that scratch. I just want to clarify because people don't talk about this. They sail right past the silver part. Some of us are wondering, is it going to be like, am I going to have, uh, you know, like aluminum foil on my boys? No, it's not like that yeah. at all. It just, it looks like regular, uh, regular old underwear feels very, very comfortable. In fact, that's what they're all about. They're all about comfort, comfortable underwear, socks, t-shirts. They do hoodies. Yeah, I know you love the hoodies. Mm, French Terry, baby. They got sweatpants. Can you wear, do you wear sweatpants out and about? Uh- uh, you know, I did yesterday. I needed to do a server thing. I installed a new thing and then I needed to do a server thing. So yeah, I, I wore sweatpants and Crocs. Didn't feel great about it. It was not, not, not a good look. Well, so especially because then when I put my, you know, I lost a little weight, put the iPhone in my pocket, my pants start falling down. Oh man. But that's a good, that's, no that's like a reward. <laughs> How's that? For the weight loss. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Everybody gets a little treat, including me. Ooh. Free show, free show. Well, anyway, Mack Weldon, mm-hmm. they, these things, they look good. Okay, even the socks look good, but they perform well. It's great for working out. I wear I wear wear my Mac well my, my Mac mm. Weldon, mm. even to work out in, and uh, it's wonderful, great stuff. Uh, you can uh, wear. Sure, it. I love their their undershirts. It's such an easy to overlook thing. But I'm pretty picky if I'm going to get like a white you know cottonish shirt. I'm pretty picky about it, and the build quality on them is really nice. They feel like substantial, but they don't feel heavy. It's hard to explain, but they're they they are very nice shirts that are very very well made. Very very well made indeed, and uh, maybe the best well made ever. So you can find out for yourself because when you go there, if you get a pair and you don't like it, that's fine. They're so confident they'll even let you keep it. They'll refund you, no questions asked. They want you to be happy. You know why? Why? Nobody wants your underpants. Is that well? What if you got a T-shirt? Hmm. Whack Melden. This Whack. is a terrible ad for a great product. You got to go to Mac Weldon. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this again. I'm going to put my top. I'm going to the top. It's like I'm clicking. Mm-hmm. I go to shop all, and I'm going to add my Pima Cotton. Now, don't everybody start start ganking my look because uh, this is my look. My thing is crucial. 
That's something I saw on a car one time. Um, and so uh, don't steal this look from me, but uh, the Pima cotton, I'm going to put this into show notes. They really are nice. I have really bought so many of these. It's kind of, I feel kind of uh, bad when I go and look at my account and I see how many orders I've made. Mm. Oh, they're so nice. You're, you're so a veritable where do people go? Clo- clo- clothes horse. I'm a clothes, clothes horse. Well, tell people where to go for this. What's the uh, URL, the fully qualified uh, URL for this? MacWeldon.com. And you'll get 20% off using promo code back to work. And uh, it's a good deal. Go try it out. Love them. MacWeldon.com. Back to work is a code 20% off. Thanks, MacWeldon. Bok, bok. So, I hit the 30 second script and I missed some of the next topic. It's very problematic. Got a <laughs> lot of email this week. Yeah. And um, I got two good ones here. One from listener Brian uh, asking Do you have a wish list for notes or reminders on iOS? What do you hope for in the next update? I keep coming back to both these apps because they're simple and clean and work well, but other things you wish were added. Uh, thank you, listener Brian. Um, first of all, I think, yeah, I put this in notes. I was on an episode of Canvas with Federico and Fraser where we talked a lot about our hopes, wishes, and dreams for iOS. I would recommend that episode. Um, But the truth is, I didn't go into too much about either notes or reminders. And and in that episode, what did I mainly bitch about? Mainly my iOS general things, better notifications, more control over audio, better app management, expand the use of Spotlight, and then, of course, some mods and sods. As far as um, specifically notes and reminders, I think this is kind of the corollary to that thing I always say about, like, if you used it as much as I did, you wouldn't like it because you see what's wrong with it. Right. I, I think I use notes just enough to really, really like it. Um, and they've added so much uh, in the last few editions, especially now in iOS 11 uh, in the beta. I love being able to share a note, like, with my kid. You know, where we can like keep a list of like books to get or things we want to watch on TV, things like that. Uh, you know, sometimes it's getting near bedtime, and that's suddenly when she realizes there's this thing she really wanted to do. Well, we got a list for that, like things we didn't get to do tonight. Right. I got to tell you, for me, um, I think notes is really good. I don't have any major beefs. Uh, I probably would if I used it more, but I'm generally pretty satisfied with notes. How do you feel about notes right now? I'm still liking uh, notes. You know, I do mean, you use it much. I use it. I use it pretty regularly. Um, I find that I use it more on the iOS device than I do on my Mac and I still will wind up you know just I have TextMate open all the time anyway so I'll just type it into TextMate but I know that the syncing is the magic and that's what I love about it well and that's also my if I had one thing my bitch about notes is really a bitch about Apple in general which is I think it's mental unless something has changed then I'm missing it With, with my current OS that I'm using right here which is the one that's before Sierra, because I'm a chicken. My one at work, um, it doesn't sync until you open it. I don't like things that don't sync until you open them. I, I guess that's maybe a hard problem to solve, but I always think about the poor person on an airplane who opens up their stuff to do some work. Right. Like, if you have any ability to sync stuff in the background, God, please do that. You know, it also helps with, um, I mean, like, for example, Solver, which has a nice update this mm-hmm. week. Oh. Solver does a nice thing where if you update it on two devices too quickly, it lets you pick which one you prefer. Also, Solver will now let you do both iCloud and Dropbox syncing. Solver is a wonderful calculator-style app. It's kind of a text editor meets a calculator, and it's so good. Um, that's my only thing with notes, I think. But, 
you know, I don't use, I don't have like a hierarchy. I'll move old notes or things from my daughter just wanted to make emoji, you know, for 20 minutes. I'll right. move those into an old folder or delete them. But I think notes is pretty good. I, don't, I have more things to say about reminders, but not too much for notes. Yeah. Tell me about the reminders. Uh, I, I like reminders and I, as you can probably guess, I'm pretty specific about what things I use for what things. Reminders, as you are certainly sick, sick of hearing, take a drink. I use a lot for basically like little timers. You know, whether that's remind me to go get my watch that's charging, remind me to take out the pasta. Um, that's, that's a big use, and I love Siri with reminders. It's probably, no, it is almost unquestionably the single biggest use of Siri, especially on my watch, is creating reminders. I love and use reminders, and I don't have that many bitches or requests. I got a few. I just jotted down. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wish more apps would do, including the deliveries app that I was recommending earlier, and in reminders, I wish there was a way to have um, to basically say hide, like keep, but hide items that are more than n days away. I don't want to see them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So something like, you know, like today we have to crank my kid's retainer. So like every five weeks there's either a doctor visit or a retainer crank. And like, I don't need to see that if it's four weeks away. Right. Right. Like I'm glad it's there today, but I kind of wish, I, I think I would put more stuff in reminders if I didn't find it slightly stressful to see six items, then realize that four of them are actually due. I know that's a little probably a complicated bit of UI, but I wish more things would let me select how much of a thing I want to see mm-hmm. based on things like priority and especially date. So, I mean, part of the beauty of these apps, again, is that they are very simple, but that, that's one that I would add. Um, there's lots, you know, we have lots of these. I use reminders a lot for just dumb household stuff, like remind me to water the air plant, remember to take in a musical instrument on Friday, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then that gets to my second one, which Syracuse has talked about a lot more than me. But I wish you could have shorter repeat cycles in the canonical Syracuse example of stirring the sauce. Like, I, I wish you could say, you know, hey, Dingus, um, remind me to stir the sauce every 10 minutes for the next two hours. Right. Right. right? There's ways you can kind of simulate that, but I don't think you can do a repetition that short. I mean, I don't know if you can even do it within a day, but I mean, I, I don't, I, I wish there was a little more control of that because I do think the repeats are very powerful. Um, my last one is, I think right now you can tell your phone at least either, I believe when you get a notification, you can say either remind me about this once. Or I think you can say remind me about this twice. Isn't that correct? I I don't know that. Because all I know is I turned off the remind me twice thing at some point because it seems silly. With that said, I do wish um, Apple's going to need a better name than this. I wish they had a keep bugging me about this particular task until it's definitely done mode. That, that they're just going to have to run with that. Mm-hmm. But that's <laughs> like, for example, I mean, I'm a big user of uh, geofencing. So I might say something like, like, we're again with my kid, we're talking on the way home, and she says, oh, you know, whatever. She wants to look something up on the web. Or more importantly, I have to remember to put a permission slip into the backpack. I wish there was some way, some incantation where I could say, remind me to sign the permission slip. When I arrive at the house in 20 minutes. Now, my problem is, first of all, time will always beat location. So no matter where you are in 20 minutes, you'll get that. So like if you were running late, what happens if you get that? This is not the end of the world. But if you do get a reminder and you can't or won't or just aren't going to do anything about it right now, 
Um, I wish it would re-remind you when you enter that perimeter again, sort of like how OmniFocus geofencing, it, you know, it's geofenced to whatever you're near, whether you've gotten it recently or not. I think that's really handy. So I would, lo- I would love it if I could had some incantation to say, bug me about this basically every five minutes until it's done. I, I would use that a lot. Yeah. Because cause the other problem is in like we're walking to the house, you get near enough to the house – Things are going off. People are texting you. You might miss that notification. Well, you got in the geofenced area. Maybe it's even the smallest geofence area. But the point is, this happens to me all the time where I'm not quite at my office, but I get an office reminder. Not a big deal. I mean, you know, a complicated answer to that would be a reminder or notification for n minutes after I arrive somewhere or n minutes after I leave somewhere. That would be really handy. But again, you don't want to make it too complex. But, you know, that's my main thing is like um, just smarter or more bespoke reminding capabilities. That's all I really got. Yeah. What about you and reminders? Any, do you use them much? You know, I was using them after you kind of dropped that uh, really impressive here's how I use reminders thing about God, probably a year ago. Um, I got really into using them even just for the basic stuff of like bring up the trash, you know, that kind of thing. And so I'm still find myself using them for things like that, especially those repeating events that do happen on just the one or two days a week. Um, not the multiple repeating thing, but, uh, I don't, you know, I, I kind of noticed I fell out of the habit a little bit of using reminders instead of just kind of going back to, uh, to sort of the, the concept of the to-do list again and, and not do using the reminders app for those kinds of things. For me, reminders is more like you were talking about with the geofencing, like remind me to do this thing when I get to this place or at this specific time. And that's kind of what I've settled on as my, uh, my, my best use case for it. Um, another, a nice one for that. I'm sorry, I'm getting texted. Um, another nice one. I don't know the full scope of where and when this works. I could probably find out, Mm -hmm. but try this right now. Um, go to a, a webpage in Safari. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be Safari on your phone. You hold down the button and you say, remind me about this tomorrow at 8am. I know you know this, but I just like to remind people, you'll now get a reminder tomorrow at 8 a.m. and it'll include a rich text link to that page inside of the reminder. This does not work in every app, but it works in most Apple apps. I'm pretty sure it works with notes, for example. It's 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 really handy. Like if there's a thing where like you got tickets for something or you know you need to register for something, it's really handy to be able to say, remind me about this, and it knows what this means. I think that's really cool. That's very cool. I, th- yeah. I don't know if I knew that. And if you it's told me handy. about it, I think I forgot. It's pretty good. I mean, it's one. Of, it's definitely going to be one of those ones that takes you a while to remember that you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you kind of got to put it into practice. But that's pretty great. So that's um, thank you to listener Brian. I'm very happy with iOS 11. Um, I, I I can't wait for this to thing thing to go all the. I cannot get watch. You don't care. I can't get Watch OS four on my phone to save or my uh, watch to save my life. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've gone through all the steps. I got the little certificate dingus. I did it all. For some reason, it doesn't want to come. And I want that Siri watch face. Hmm. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah. Uh, can I do one more productivity nerd related one? Yes. This one's very nerdy, but I think it could be helpful. Listener Jason writes to say, I feel like my task list setup, currently OmniFocus, is struggling, and I think it's related to having rotten stuff in the CRISPR drawer. Nice pull, Jason. Good job. And putting in fresh stuff. True. That's a good analogy. I should use that. I sh- I'm not sure which part of my method is the issue. GTD says get everything out of your head and into the system. 
Um, intelligently, he says here, first, I realize my movie, TV, and book list don't belong in OmniFocus projects. True! They now live in a text file. Absolutely, positively. But I still have legitimate projects, legitimately bronchial projects, like clean out the garage, set up build up at work, etc., etc., etc. Thanks for any tips or insight. Um, so, I've got, uh, got a thought on this, which is one reason I wanted to answer it. All right. So, you know, this is a somewhat classic problem of you go dead a little bit to your system mm-hmm. or you feel like what is the word you use struggling related to having rotten stuff so you know th- i think there's just there's a state of mind that one gets at least it's a state of mind that i get where I'm, i just i make this noise Ugh. like i i just <laughs> that's not a full crusty a full crusty would be more like ah <laughs> I almost swallowed some of the juice. It's a half crusty. <laughs> I did a half crust. That's pretty good. I'll write that down. Uh, ugh. Not uh, <laughs> to be confused with the sideshow Bob. <laughs> um, but no, I go, ugh. And I think, yeah, I don't want to deal with this, right? The, the analogy he's referring to is my thing of like, uh, nobody wants to go and spend $300 at Whole Foods and then dump all that food into a refrigerator that has any rotten food in it. Like, mm. get your rotten stuff out before you put your good stuff in. Otherwise, it all becomes rotten by just proximity. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think the thing for me is definitely the content of what's in there could be old or dead. It could be old tasks, old projects, old something. My thought, though, is that basically, is there a chance that your whole infrastructure might be a little out of date? Because I think you can definitely, you know, it, I feel like you can pretty definitely go in and say, wow, if there's a bunch of stuff in here, I know I'm not going to do. I know I haven't done. I know I feel bad about. Well, certainly that has an effect. But I'm here to tell you, I feel like if you've got projects and contexts that are equally not that useful, that are outmoded, that are not clear enough, that don't represent a map of what your life is now, I think that can be just as bad and arguably even worse. Right. You, there's one thing that we do, which is sometimes, especially with GTD stuff, people get very aspirational if this is their first time doing it. And they think a lot about what context do I need? So they make a big list of contexts and then they try to populate that with tasks, which is you know, eh, it's a backwards way to do that. So here's what I suggest to you, listener Jason. Step zero, as John Sarkis likes to say, go into your OmniFocus as it is right now, if you can stand it. Go in and do a review. And there's, you know, in the later, more recent um, OmniFocus um, versions, there's actually a review mode where you can go in and it'll walk you through. The idea is you have to go and put your hands on every single thing that's in there, usually group by project. And you make a decision about that. Like, it, does this need to be updated? Does this need to be changed? Is there something old to be taken out? Is there something new to be added? Does this need to be rephrased? But just for your own sense of sanity, you might want to go and do a review because I'm about to tell you something really extreme. So I think go and do a review, especially look for anything. You can do this with um, perspectives. Create a perspective where it makes it easy to see when things were added or updated so that you can go in and find stuff. Look for anything that's older than maybe three to six months and consider deleting it. Um, So do all that though. Now here's the thing. Do a backup. Do an export. Have multiple copies. Print. This is my crazy idea. Like, your mileage may vary. No motorcycles after 3 p.m. But here's what I suggest you do. You need to back that thing up, export it, print it, do whatever you need to do. And now I want you to start completely over from scratch with zero items in there. I know this sounds mental. And the way I would do this is act like you're doing GTD for the first time, which means now I want you to go to the inbox, and I want you to go create 
Start with tasks. What are the tasks that you need to do? You know, you could go and like just copy stuff over from whatever you printed out or backed up. I wouldn't. I would do a mind sweep starting from scratch. And, you know, I know this is the inbox, so you're allowed to be loosey-goosey, but try to focus on the next action. What is the next physical action that I need to do about a thing? Don't worry about what project that's for. Don't worry about what the context is. You'll come, we'll get to that in a minute. Once you scorch the earth, start completely over. Uh, look into buying new tires. Find library books to return. Because you can't return the library books until you find the library books. See, this is why I'm good at this stuff. Do all the stuff that is the next action. Just fill your inbox with all those things. You're going to have 60, 80, 100 of these tasks probably by the time you're done. And I would say only at that point. Now take a break. You get a cookie. You're, you're a good, good boy. And then when you come back, look through that. See if that makes sense. See if you're missing anything. See if you've forgotten anything. I would say then and only then, personally, that is the point where I would look for patterns and consider creating a few contexts, not all of the contexts. Don't create context for things that will only ever have one item unless that really helps you. So you might want to have one. Again, go back to the, the original old school GTD stuff. You do not need to have 60 different contexts unless that helps you. You probably need, you need house, you need office, you might need computer, phone, um, drugstore or grocery store in my case, whatever it is. But look for where those groupings belong. Is there a place that you, where you have to do this? Is there a place where you can't do this? Is there a set of opportunities or limitations? How do you honor that with this handful of contexts? And don't feel like you need to go create every context in the world. Don't create context until you really need them, right? So, and then maybe at that point, that's when you could go in, I feel like, that's when you would go in and start grouping stuff by project. I know this is not strictly a GTD approach, strictly, you're supposed to think in projects, you know. I just feel like start with the tasks that are on your mind, build up. If stuff occurs to you, put it in. But realize that this is a terrible place to be aspirational. This should be incredibly practical. Anything that's not a doable physical activity does not belong in your OmniFocus, at least in my world, right? It's got to be super real or you will stop trusting it. Right. Uh, you can always add more, but be very be very focused on the tasks above all else. The tasks are the thing and articulating them in a doable way is that there's nothing that will make your things succeed or fail as much as how well you get physical actions in there and then build out an infrastructure around that. If you don't need that many contexts, don't use them. So I swear to God, I could cut out 90% of the contacts I've ever had. I could be fine with five contacts. I would still get stuff done as well or poorly as I ever did before. There aren't that many times where I go in and say, what do I have to print? No, you don't need an at printer. Don't do that. <laughs> so that's what I would say. Just no matter what, stay really focused on being task-centric and always looking to what the next action is. And make sure it's the current next action. If something has changed, don't need to rely on your brain to remember that it's different than what you wrote down. The whole goddamn point of your system is to make that current and make that active. So do that, and, uh, and, and that will serve you well. Listener Jason. Very nice. Isn't that nice? Mm -hmm. We help a lot of people. I hope so. I think it helps to burn it down sometimes. I really do. That's one of the things that's I think is very controversial for a lot of people when they read GTD, uh, copyright, copyright David Code 2001, um, is that it's, it seems very revolutionary, this idea that you should he wants you to stop what you're doing for two or three days to set up this system. When, of course, there's never a good day to stop doing crack, right? You're like, I'm real busy. That's why I need this. Just give me the hot tips and the fixes and the life hacks. And it's like, no, no. 
I want you to put everything into an inbox and then deal with it all over again. Put your whole date book into the inbox because you're starting completely over in some ways. You're not, you're not throwing your stuff out, but you have to reevaluate every little monad of information to decide what, 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 or what place it will have, whether it will have a place. And that's the way to feel fresh about it again. Clean out that refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Mm, bright and tight, 90 minutes. Mm. So I think we covered pretty much all the things. All right. I think so, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let's button this up. I love you. Love you, too, Merlin, man.